again. This is the the remix. Take two. <laughs> oh, take two. Take two. <laughs> uh, of the Eat for Life podcast. We, we had some uh, interesting challenges and some opportunities earlier, so we bring this back to you. I'm your host, Marcus Howard, co-host, uh, welcomed as well by, by Sebastian Burton, uh, Tamika Red Infamy, uh, Derek Watford, and, and our guest for this week is none other than uh, Tim Field. So thank you all for joining us. You are home for all sports, entertainment, entrepreneurship, and education. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Welcome, oh. welcome back. Doing welcome this back. again? Yeah, welcome, welcome back. back. <laughs> welcome back. All right. That's right. New episode. Got, new, new episode. episode. How you been since last time I seen you? <laughs> it's been a while. It's you been, been good? While, you, know? you been good? Okay. Fantastic. Okay, good, 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 good. So Tim, we gonna we gonna start again because people didn't hear it. You and I, of course, got history. We know each other for about a a decade, a whole yes. decade plus. Um, so the backstory, everyone. I actually my first podcast opportunity was provided by this brother right here, Tim Fields. He gave Thank me you. my first shot uh, as far as being on a podcast every week, which gave me so much experience to this day. To this day. <laughs> so, um, Sam, let us know, like, as far as, like, it started, of course, with Thug Geek podcast, but what was, like, what's, what was Thug Geek about? Like, how did it form and, and why the word or the, the title Thug Geek? Right. So, back in, back in the day, uh, early 2000, like 2007, me and my uh, brother, we went to an anime convention in Columbus, Ohio. And we went to the convention and we was like, yo, I don't, we don't feel like paying for this. Like, we don't pay for this anymore. So we came up with this idea of Thug Geek because we both look like thugs, but we were really big geeks. And we got press access. We covered the convention. We got interviews and everything. So we came back and was like, yo, let's let's roll with this for a little bit. And so we started doing interviews with other game companies, doing re- product reviews and stuff, too. And that was the birth of Thug Geek. And then we had Red FMEO several, several times with Crunk Girl, Big Cheese. It was fantastic, and that's where everything started from my gaming career. started right there and then. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, <laughs> Talk about kind of the journey then from Thug Geek to where you are now with BESN.TV. No problem. So what, so what ended up happening was during my whole time in the game industry, I started alone. It's like, it's not that many people of color in this industry. Like, like what's going on? And especially with the esports started picking up, too. I'm sorry, notice that it was only black. You see a lot of people of color in FGC stuff, but when it came to like the other, like from MOBAs to FPSs and the big games and like that nature, you didn't see that many of them. So I'm like, you know what? We need to have a network for us. And that's where we came up with BSN.TV, which is short for Black Esports Network. And our goal is to get more people of color in the esports and gaming. And we do that through tournament events by providing different wins and stuff from, the, from our sponsors. So they can have little care packages. So that we can get more pro players. And, and then even if you don't want to become a pro player, you might become a game developer. At least you have those tools necessary to become there. So that's why we got some great sponsors that came on board too. And that's why we're kicking butt now. Shout out to the community. Uh, we're starting to get some great feedback from everybody talking about how much they this show has been helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like how do they, they really kind of take our experiences and make it their own. Uh, for example, we had a, a guy who was working uh, as I think as the security officer overnight, um, and he's trying to, to get his his work shift shifted so that he can start working nights and weekends building his own company in the gaming space. What kind of advice do you have for someone who's trying to do that, right? Who knows they have Our something, right, but they still got to pay the nine to five bills yeah, or pay the bills with the nine to five. So basically what you got to do is look at like, hey, is this, is it, is it something that's going to change the market? It's going to be it's going to be disruptive. Is it something that's going to drive you to be the best at it within what you're doing, especially with a company? Because game development is not easy. Like, it's super not easy. I mean, it takes time. It takes finances. It takes money. And that's just getting the game done. And then you got to look at the publishing standpoint to even get the game to the market. That's a whole other thing. And then once you get it published, you got to fight for space to even get that. So it's like, are you ready? If you're ready to go through those things, then by all means, you are ready to become an entrepreneur. Okay. So you think that, like, um, you think that you you think that it, it's 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 a better route to try to raise money pre money, or do you think it's better to do it like post when you have the MVP already? So it's it makes it easier if you have the MVP. So when it comes to 
raising money, you like I said, you want to make sure you have two things on point, your story and your metrics. And it just makes it easier for you talking to who, whether it's an angel investor or you're doing crowdfunding or you're doing VC funding to talk to those people because they have proof of your concept. Because if you don't have proof of your concept, you can sit there and talk all day. Like, I want to build a spaceship goes to the moon. Okay, but can I see it and can I touch it? If you can do both of those and they don't believe in you and they'll invest in you. So from a developer standpoint, from even from any other product or that you're making, you want to have some type of proof of concept so that way you can gain attention so you can actually get any type of funding if you need that. You know, I hear a lot of people running around saying that, like proof of concept, proof of concept. Break that down in layman's terms, what a proof of concept is. Because a lot of people say that. It's a hot word. Like, you'll hear people be like, yeah, we have a proof of concept. <laughs> like, I hear it all the time. I always did. What, for you, somebody who's raised $1.5 what is a, an official a proof of concept? What is an official proof of concept? Rather? Super simple. I do it this way. So, say, for example, you got an orange, right? It's, it looks orange, it tastes orange, but can you prove it that it's orange? Until you pull it open and open it up and you actually see the orange, guess what? It doesn't exist. So you have to have something that people can touch, taste, and feel. Even if it's on paper, even if it's a video, people literally invest by seeing. And they see that you can pay your capable of doing that, they'll invest in that. Now, it will be some roles in between that to get to that money, but as long as, you see, as, long as they see that you're working on it, and you're looking at the right partners to come on board with that, you shouldn't have an issue at all. Unless they just plain old just don't care. Mm, mm. All the time people talk about that back of the napkin idea. Like literally people draw on some, some mock-ups up or screens on the back of the napkin. Exactly. When you get their, their early stage rounds. Can you, you speak a little bit more in depth about like the different rounds? Yes. So for example, there's different rounds and there's different, I mean, literally. So you have your pre-seed, then you have your seed, you have your Series A and then Series B. So your pre-seed is, for example, if let's say you're a company and you're a super startup, like everything is just an idea, but it's a fantastic mm-hmm. idea that you might have a, either a widget done for or some type of mock-up, that is what you're going to do for pre-seed. Now, seed is that you the idea is actually done on paper. So you have like a rough demo or something like that. That's a mm-hmm. seed round that you want to get funding so you can finish it so you can go to your Series A. And your series A is basically that you're either pre-revenue or post-revenue, and you just need some more money that's going to just take your company to the stratosphere. And each of those are different levels that the VC looks at or angel looks at. And so what I say is that when you're coming in from a new from a new startup standpoint, go for an angel first. That way they give you a cash capital to kind of finish your proof of concept or MVP, and then go from there. Because you might not need 1.5 or 2 million to get your company going. You might could have just needed a hundred thousand. You bootstrapped everything, and now your company is making two hundred thousand. And so you have to look at the perspective, give and take, too. Yeah, that's that's good too, because a lot of times we'll, uh, especially as a startup, you see the money, you're like, "Yo, I got all this money." Exactly. And it's like you have to pay that back. <laughs> like exactly. you know, the investors need their money back. But walk us through, like, how did you raise $1.5 million? Like, because when you see someone as a startup or trying to do things without a commercial, like, some type of machine behind them, it's like, well, how did you build $1.5? Was it one yeah. person? Was it 50 people giving you 50, you know, yeah. you know, what, like, what was what was the deal? How did you get there, you know? So, so, so basically what we did was um, we used our sponsorship levels with different companies to raise our value. And then by raising mm-hmm. our value, we also brought proof of concept and our MVP at the same time. And we did that through different tournaments. And so that way, when we created our uh, pitch deck, which is another thing that you make sure you have, if you're doing any type of funding, make sure you have a pitch deck and a one-pager. A one-pager is a brief synopsis of everything your company does. Yeah, for a brand That's, period, it could be yourself. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's a one-page they can read because it used to be they look at a pitch deck, now they're looking at one-pages now. And if you're one page, okay. you can't sell a person on one page of information, they're going to move forward to the next person. Mm-hmm. But if you give them the one pager that showcases the outline of what your company is doing from your annual budget to your projections that you want to look for and the amount that you're raising, it'll be a guarantee. And then you have your MVP to go along with that. Because what they're going to do is this. They're going to look at the one page to our bet. What's your, what's your MVP? They're gonna have, you're going to have to show them that. And then that's going to get you to an actual meeting for you to pitch. So that was just three steps right there just to even get the door even cracked open a little bit. Mm. Now, this is the thing. This is the key. So once you actually get into VC meetings, you got to start spreading it around town a little bit through emails. Like, oh, we're talking to this person. That's going to get that other VC interested. They're going to another angel investor interested because it's a community, y'all. 
They talk to each yeah. other. And so, oh, they'll be like, oh, so you're talking to BSN? Well, we were talking to them too. Well, what wow. term sheet did you give them? Well, I gave them this term sheet. Well, we gave them this. And now they're fighting for you to get to give you money because it's clout. I mean, I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, it's clout. So you have to be so you have to be prepared for that. Now, the way we did it was we did it this kind of similar way, but we had our MVP on point, we had our sponsorship on point, and we let the VC talk back and forth, and that's what helped us get to the 1.5 that we ended up getting come with. Okay. And do you feel like talk about that community level a little bit? Like is it important for you to, how important is it for me to tell people who I'm talking to? Is that like really important? Super important. So you, one thing a lot of uh, startups get scared of is because they, they think, because they have such a good product, they don't want to share openly. They, they like to keep every internal. They only try to work with people directly. You cannot have that fear. Like no matter what, somebody's going to copy, somebody's going to try to do something. You cannot have that yeah. fear. You got to be on point. to put Always competition, right? Exactly. And that's the, and that's the market. It's, Market validation and competition is that's the market. And so you can't have that fear. You got to reach out because these DC and businesses talk to each other. Now, don't get me wrong, the black VC world is completely different from the regular VC world. So that's another issue right there, too, which we can go into later. But those are some of the things you got to prep for if, if, you wanna, if you're looking for funding. But you, at the end of the day, you kind of have to look at your work and be like, do we need funding? If we do, this is the steps you want to take to do it. Okay. Startup fundraising to 1.5 million in the bank. So even like right now, so what's what happens? So what happens? You do like three or four meetings, and then they do. Right now, we're under our term sheet review, and that term sheet review can last anywhere between six to ten weeks. And so it, that's both companies agree. Like, okay, we like the percentage. Y'all like the percentage, and then it goes in a review, and then they're doing what they're called their due diligence, where they're going over mm-hmm. everything. They're checking background checks like crazy, but like I said, they're doing that because like I'm about to give you. A million dollars. Are, are you going to make this money back? You know that you have a business plan. You know you have this, but we're about to get you set up, and we want to make sure that we get our investment back. And that's how you have to do it. So you have to make sure you're ready for that long process. Because on top of that, a lot of people stop working because of that. You have to constantly keep doing. It. You can't just like oh wait for money before we get started. No, you have to keep putting product out. You get to keep doing that until mm. that phase. That's goes. a gem because there's a time between you actually getting the money yes. and you need to keep your business viable. And you exactly. need to keep your lifestyle and your house viable, right? So you got to do all right. that while you wait for them to kind of just review, review, exactly. review. Mm. So basically, I put it this way. You got to have at least 16 weeks open for even doing any type of BC funding. So you need at least 16 wow. weeks. Wow. And you got bills due. You can't do bills with 16 weeks. I know mathematician, but it's about four months. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. about four months. You got to wait a little bit of time before you get that yes. And, so, and remember, that's if you got in the door, though. If you didn't get if you didn't get to the door, you're still doing that same process until you get a term sheet. So, wow. So that means yes. you still. So you just have to wait until you even get to wait. Exactly. Exactly. So, so for example, say for example, you met a VC, you did a pitch, now you're waiting for the term sheet. So it's either oh, I can just wait for that guy to respond back. No, you got to keep going because you want the, you want that other VC that you met after him to keep talking. So they can give you that term sheet a lot faster. Otherwise, you just can't do it in this spot. I'm waiting. Would they come back and say no? You just waited five weeks and got a no. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so it's kind of like a aggressive game. Even though you have to wait, you have to strategize to get like the timing right. Even if you're exactly. courting different companies or things like that. Exactly. That's like a dance to it. That's pretty crazy. That's really crazy. I know Marcus. You've done some dancing with that as well and um i guess like my question for you um and 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 in reference to you know tim and how he did it you did it with crowdfunding so what 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 would you say you know your experience with crowdfunding was over these last you know couple years because we know that less than one percent of uh, african-american companies see venture capital so what was you know kind of some of the key key things in crowdfunding that took place that people might not know. I think the best part about it was that we got to set our own terms, right? And when you go and you talk to VCs, VCs will give you their term sheet. And, and as I'm sure Tim will say, you know, you negotiate back and forth on what you do or, or don't or will or won't accept. But we were able to set our own terms. And then we went from launch of campaign to close in three weeks. Granted, mm-hmm. we only raised $56,000, right? It wasn't $1.5 million. And 
and ours, frankly, was more of a friends and family round. But the, mm-hmm. the technology allowed us to raise the money so much more quickly. So I personally, you know, and I, I tried the other route. You know, I went to 10 states from mm-hmm. Florida all the way to California and raised $5,000 in accredited investment. So in my mind, it makes more sense to go the non-accredited route because when I started doing that, these platforms didn't really exist, but now they do. So I think it's worth at least having as an alternative because you may end up getting a term sheet from a VC and then it, it's got crazy terms in it. And I talked to you about that exactly. before. I dodged right. a bullet. I dodged a couple right. bullets. Right. I mean, right. I mean, right. And I can tell you guys, I've got some, I've got some great, especially depending on what round you are too. Like if you're doing a pre-seed or a seed round, a VC, if a VC's asking for anywhere between 28 to 20%, no. Because that's, remember, this that's your starting off money. You started, it, yeah. It, you just gave away 28% of your company from your start off money, and then you might need another raise, and they might be like, well, we need 30%. That's 58% of your company going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So you got to be very careful with these term sheets because not only is it going to affect your future, it's going to affect your valuation, too. Oh. And that's the key, that's the one thing that a lot of startups that go the VC route because it's all about the evaluation of your company. Is your company worth this and that? So why us getting one point five? It gives a valuation of fifteen million dollar company. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, down here in Florida, um, more than one example where a founder went and raised some venture capital and they had a term sheet. I guess they didn't go through it thoroughly, or they yep. needed the so badly they took the term sheet anyway, and those founders literally got booted out of their own companies. Yep. I've seen that plenty of times. That's happened. Yeah, you have to be super careful. Like, you got to make sure you got a good lawyer and you with them reading over all the terms because there'll literally be little incidents like that. They'll be like, oh, I got to give you guys 0.2% of every sale. Where did that come from? Mm. Like, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. So, yeah, you want to make sure you take double check and look at that. Because like, otherwise, you can end up giving your company away for free and you thought you got the money that you needed. So, but that's that's just, that's just a shady VC though. They're doing all that. There's just shady. Most VC companies, if you're talking to them, they're working with you because they have they have the experience to get that company to make the money to get their return back. Okay. So VCs should not a, a true VC is not going to come. Here's your money. Good luck with it. Hit me when you got my money. A good VC is like, here's your money. Here's some resource I got with this person, this person, this person. Let's keep taking it to the next level. That's a VC that you want to work with. I want to smart money. Yeah, exactly. I want to I want to push that smart money idea a little bit further. What do you see as a you know what made you select the people that you did partner with you know the firms that you did go with to raise on? Um, what made you select them? What was what made them the smartest choice for you? Oh man, they were a product market. They were a product market fit, and they had plenty of resources for us. So it's like one thing is one thing getting money. The next thing is getting resources that's going to help you scale your company. And when I say these guys got scalability, their scalability is ridiculous. I mean, they literally, their hands are in everything. They have experts in everything. So I'm like, I took it from like, yo, we got bread and I can learn and we can increase our marketability. Oh, bet. Oh, and you guys want to mess with us too? Exactly. So that's the kind of thing that you want. You want that relationship where it's like, I can text them anytime. Like, yo, what's going on, Tim? What's good? What do you guys need? Still waiting for that. Like, that's the type of relationship you want with a VC or angel investor. You don't want anybody just going to walk away with no expertise. And that's and that's cool for your friends and family round, but no, when you're getting the serious funding, no, you don't want that at all. So it's more strategic partnership you should be watching too, more exactly. than just getting capital in. That's what smart exactly. money. Like if you're uh-huh. a gaming company, uh-huh. you shouldn't be exactly if you're a gaming company, you shouldn't be talking to a library BC company. Like you not that's not gonna work out. That's what you want to look at. You want to look at stuff like if they're in fintech or they're in medtech, if they're in the crypto, like you want to look at those portfolios. Like for example, what helped us was we utilized a software called PitchBook. It's fantastic. It's super expensive, but it's worth it, especially if you're doing seed round. And so this game was the in-look and outlook on what they're purchasing, the deals that they're working with, everything. So that helped us, even though being black in a black startup world, it helped us narrow down the people we need to contact directly. And that helped us tremendously. Do you feel like uh, you needed to code switch in order to secure what you secured? Were you, oh, yeah. were you oh. authentically you? Oh no, I was I was being one hundred percent. Like I'm, I, I can't change me at all, man. I'm, I'm I got tattoos. I'm a gamer. I do all this and that, but at the same time, I'm business and I'm about tech. And so that's the key companies that we're looking at, especially the VCs that we're looking for too. Like we want to make sure the people that were hip and they know what they were dealing with black tech people, and they were perfectly cool with that. And especially the company that came on board. So we're like, whew, it was it was a win win. It was it was a, almost a two year battle, but 
we got it. A year and a half almost, yeah. Did you have that comfortable – were you comfortable with the authentic you right out the gate, or is that something that you worked on? Worked on. Worked on since uh, being in the industry from 2007, man. You got to learn it. Well, you got to switch switch on your, your thug, and then you got to switch on your gig. And so I've been – I literally have been a combination of both because one thing I've learned about when talking to VCs and seed and angels and all these different people – is that you got to have good context when it comes to everything. So, for example, that led to these relationships because right now everything's virtual. So you can't have those, like Marcus was doing, flying different state to state to meet the people and stuff. No, everything is met right through Zoom or met through Google Meet out. They're going to get your personality. So what one thing I kind of I live by, you got people that say business is personal. Like, don't keep us, oh, nothing personal is business. I live the exact opposite of that. Business is super personal. And that's how we got our funding because I kept the relationship personal. Yes. Like most of the time we had the, our VC chats, we were talking about video games. We we're talking about this and that. Like, and they liked me as a person. Like, okay, bet. We like you. You're real. You keep it 100. Here we go. Yeah, let's, that, let's that, part of, that part of the equation is always missed. Super. And yep. that's why there's, there's so many one-offs in this industry. There's so exactly. many one, one-offs because there's no relationship. They, nobody wants the secret relationship. But they think it's foreign. And I'm like, if you want long term business, you have to have some type of relationship. That's a fact. That's a fact. Build. That's a fact. There's exactly. just no way to do it without it. And I, I, you know, this is coming from a guy who I love what you've done, Tim. But I'm like, literally, I think the startup culture has just made so many entrepreneurs. And I want to disclude you because in our first take of this, you proved to me that you're a really educated entrepreneur for not just raising but you do have the sales skills and the understanding of like marketing which i think is a key that a lot of people don't miss you'll hear me say that a lot or a lot of exactly. people miss but you're not one of the people i'm talking about but i feel like the shark tank tv show and the culture made people just be like we only gotta be a little good at that we really yeah. just gotta be able to yeah. we really just gotta be able to wait that 16 weeks tim was talking about about four months just gotta wait yep. and we'll have enough in that we could do what's <laughs> called burn and all these and things that come in this way Exactly. And that's what the actual interest thing. That's the thing. Like, let's say if you've been talking to VCs and have no interest, that's an even longer way. So it's like, I mean, lucky for us, it's, it's everything fell in place. I mean, it's post George Floyd. So you have a lot of VCs looking at, okay, let's look at that portfolio. Oh, wow. Guess what? We invested in that as a single black company. Let's change that. Okay. These guys are looking for this. They got a good business model. They got a good business canvas. Let's open up a conversation for a pitch. You get the pitch, you pitch. Oh wow! Okay, we really like the product. Let's give them. Let's sit down. Let's do another open interview. Oh, okay. So let me think about the doctor interview. The doctor interview is the most scariest stuff in the world because this. Okay, if you get the doctor interview, that's when the VC you know the VC series about you. So what happens is the doctor interview. Yes. Okay. So what it is that? So that's when the managing partner, the managing director, the analyst all come on board and grill you. When I say grill you. They grow you like to a well-done steak. So they're looking at your, your market costs, your productability. They're looking at all different stuff. They're breaking your business plan down to the T. And if you're not ready to hit those steps, that's that question back. That's when they know that, okay, you're not a fit. But if you know your product and you know what you're doing and you have the love for your company and you you just hit them right back with the same thing, when you leave that meeting, you like it. And they're going to hit you right back. Like, yo, okay, we're ready to give you a term sheet. And that's the biggest thing is the doctor interview. So it's kind of like a one on one where they ask. No, it's a tw- it's like it's, it's a ten on one. Oh, it's a it's ten a, on one. Yeah, it's a group. It's the managing partner, the manager director, the analyst. It's everybody in the room, and they go through your business plan and destroy it, and make sure that you have, make sure that you know your product, make sure you know your company. Oh, it's like one of those doctor reviews, like when someone's trying to get a doctor. Exactly. Type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. 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 Wow. Well, oh, it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> You went through that. You made it. You've been through that more than once or just one time? Yes. I've been through that four times. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, one that. of the things that, that surprised me in my journey, and again, that's why I went through the equity crowdfunding route, is the goalpost shifting. And and I'm disappointed to say that I came from a black VC. So someone who said, man, you know, I understand this is the, the space and you're, you know, you're hustling and I believe in you. Just, just get a four-figure deal or a five-figure deal and come back to me and, and then we're going to write a check. And then I came back with a five-figure deal, and I didn't hear from the VC for – I still haven't heard back. Right? So that's called VC bullshit, and you'll get that a lot. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's, a, that, that that's a, a term I can understand. 
So literally, <laughs> so what happened was, like, I and trust me, I got it all the time post George Floyd. But they're like, oh, we love your product. We're definitely interested, but this, this, and this. That's just them saying no. That is literally mm-hmm. just them saying no in a professional way. Because if you email them back and you get a no response, that's the reason why they gave you that first response. Isn't They're that like a runaround instead of them saying, I don't think that we're fit at this moment type and, of situation? See, and that's the difference between a VC that's actually interested. A VC that's interested will be like, yo, we like what you're doing. We like your MVP. But if you get it to this, this, and this, and we have a term sheet to back that, then they're interested. But they have no term sheet to back that up with. Don't waste your time. Yeah, A term mm-hmm. sheet is everything. The term sheet is their validation. Letting that let the VC letting you know that they're invest. They would like to invest in your company. What have you heard about VCs harvesting like market data? So the only reason they do a call for pitches or for pitch mm. yes, let's get into that. Okay, so here we Uh-oh. go. Uh-oh. So okay, let, me, let me let me Uh-oh. set up my <laughs> yeah. So that is very very popular among the black VC world. So mm. last mm. year, a lot of black VC companies and even HBCUs. They got money from Microsoft, PayPal, all these big, big corporations for funds. Now, I'm a big fan of the company themselves just doing that allocation themselves and just let people apply for it. That's fantastic. But when black VCs get 50 million from PayPal and then they run a, what it's called a pitching pour, where they give out $10,000 here to four companies, even though you just got $50 million in VC money. So on the interest alone in that in your bank, you're getting swapped with that. So you're not even losing any money. You're not hurting at all. It is free advertising, mother. So, for example, they'll say, oh, we invested in four companies, four black companies by giving them $10,000, and you wasted almost two hours, three hours of your life trying to get there. Mm. It's horrible. It's horrible. And it's, and that's what they do for marketing. They'll literally say that we helped these many companies. Oh, we had over 1,000 people apply. It's like, yeah, 1,000 people apply. We want to get $50 million from you. <laughs> when we gave out 40000 look at us. We're helping the black community. And that's why, I can't, that's why black PCs they didn't, you shouldn't have the same issues going through a black VC than a regular VC, period. I'm going to call it what it is. Black VC, you go to their site. Like, for example, it's in one company. It's in Harlem. I'll just keep it at that. And so they make you go through this crazy procedure. If you get one wrong, they get an email the next day. Oh, we're not interested. I feel like it took me eight hours to pull this form out. And then you, you send me an email that fast to say you weren't interested. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. I mean, that's, again, why. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and um. In our first stream, Tamika made a great point on that, that like, you know, you you shouldn't really have to um, expect that kind of tighter, like it, the belt shouldn't be tighter from, you know, a black VC than, you know, a, a non-black VC. I feel like it shouldn't be tighter. Um, but Like two times systematic yep. <laughs> problems. <laughs> like we already, we already get it from the end of, of systematic racism. It's like, okay... Damn, you trying to make sure I don't get this so I don't become a VC? Like what what is that? Like that's that's where I'm like, why is this happening so much where in the industry, and I've seen this in plenty of other industries, I've faced it even my own being in this industry, working with um independent black media sites. And I'm like, yo, I thought we was all in this together, but nope. someone so over here that don't look like me is trying to give me an opportunity more than you're trying to have me become successful. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely um, an issue. It's a it's, it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. And and on top of that, they'll go on CNBC and start talking like, oh yeah, we're really helping the black community. It's like you're not like you're not doing anything. You're just talking more about your fund and how much money that you guys are getting. Like that's. That's not the point of doing this. Like, for if I was the VC, I'm like, I'm giving my money left and right. Like, yo, you got a good business plan. You got a good character model. Here you go. This is what you need. Let's get it going. But and that's the thing, though, too. Like, they're not even giving us reverse of that. Let's say, for example, you're a startup and you say you need 1.2 million, but then you look yeah. at your numbers and everything. Like, no, man, you only need 200,000. That's the type so of response you're getting. Like, okay, maybe I yeah. do need 200,000. You look at it, you're like, you're right. I do only need 200,000 dollars. Bad. They give you that fund, do a five percent, five percent on term sheet, done, and then they can see that scalability with that. I mean, you. It's the another thing is this over mentorship. That's that's the one thing that's happening right now on the black tech road is that there's so many mentor programs. You being mentored by this and this and this, and, and they just like, I just need money, man. I just need money. Do I do this <laughs> Why am I going through ten different programs just to get to one thing? And that's yeah. the one thing I need at the end of the day. It's math prerequisite. Exactly. 
and the curriculum all ends up being the same thing. And most of it you can see on YouTube for free, right? So why are you free? free? YouTube University, YouTube <laughs> University. I am a fan <laughs> and an alumni. Is that part of the part of the process, or they, or is that part of thinking? Uh, black businesses are inadequate, so I must run them through a gauntlet to see if they're because I, I I imagine that they're lacking. So let me offer these services so that they're not lacking versus just giving you money. You know what? And that's that's a that's a good question, but it works the best of both worlds though because you might have some companies that's like first of all, put, put it this way: if I'm already on your website looking for your contact information, submitting and submitting this stuff, you are ahead of everybody else to be a mentor. Period. Because if you're not if you if you're new to business, you're not going to go to that process yet. You're still exactly. busy trying to do a business plan. You're still busy trying to figure out numbers. Like it's literally about your level. So I get it where they're trying to get to to kind of cut through the different snit to get to the point. But it's like I'm already past there. I just need this so I can grow it, so I can prove my point. I need to do that and that. But yeah, it's it's just that 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 process is it's annoying. It's super annoying, and it's like that's not. It's going to deter a lot of. It almost deterred me. It's going to deter a lot of new entrepreneurs. And man, I got to go through all this just to get this. It's like, well, guess what? There's a lot of grants out there that people don't look at, though, especially now. Like, yeah, where, where, you, yeah, where would you say? Where would you say like people should start looking, or um, you know, historically that will work with uh, minority or otherwise? Just how do you find? Like, if I'm you know you 50 steps ago, where are you starting in 2021? to try to find those grants or traditional venture or angel. Like let's, let's pull the curtain back and see like where they should go right now. So what you need to look at is actually different funds. So for example, Facebook, when they came out, they announced like, yo, we actually, we're going to be putting this amount of money in the, in, in these certain areas. So some companies will do a target demographic. So Facebook did, uh, they did Atlanta, they did New York, it did certain locations where if you were in those locations, you could apply for these grant funds. And most of these grant formation is available usually through any grants.com, U.S. government. I mean, plus their company, too. Like, for example, Epic Games, they did a mega grant for $100 million, $150 million they did a mega grant. And so if you follow their t- – and the key about getting a grant is just follow the freaking lines it says to follow. It will literally give you the steps. Are you one a company? Are you hold two on, you say, you say, hold on. Please. You say U.S. You said what grants? Yeah, yeah, grant she's trying to type. She's typing right now. Right now, you said what? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to drop those grants. Like you said, UX or US or what you said? Yeah, just grants.gov. US grants.gov. Grants. Yep. Another gem for you. Because I mean, a lot of this is like a lot of people will be like, "Yo, I got this. I want to do this, this, and that." They're like, "Yo, where the hell? Do, where the hell do I look?" You know, and then. When people do go on YouTube or even search, a lot of times it'd be a runaround. You'd be looking at this person like, yo, get to the damn point. Yeah. In your title of your, your video, it's saying this, but you, you're giving me all this verbiage so I could sit here for 15 minutes so you could get more on your videos. Like, you know, where do you start? So thank you for dropping that because a lot of people honestly don't know. And, um, you know, that's another thing I was I was going to ask, too, is even to, to Derek's point. Um, where are they getting this information? Because of course there there are black there are black businesses, and it's not that the, the a whole bunch of people businesses are failing because of the economy. So where's the the statistics where it's specifically saying that black businesses or black startups are not successful? But can't that be due to all different types of factors, not because of their like lacking of certain knowledge, like? With that alone, or if black venture capitalists already know that information, why put put them through all these steps that they wouldn't do to another company? That's like what I'm very confused on. Exactly, but for them, it's, it's it's marketing, it's marketing material. So, for example, like I was saying, like I like was saying earlier, if I know that I can get almost two thousand applicants applying for this twenty million dollar fund, and I only have to give out four prizes each quarter. Which gives me a total mm. of sixteen prizes per year. That only cost me one hundred sixty thousand dollars, and I got still twenty million dollars in my bank account from this fund. That's what I do it for marketability. We've helped this and this and this, and we did this, this and this, and we got over a thousand people signed up for our fund. And you, as a black entrepreneur, would be like, "Yo, I should drop that." They're really helping black people. But even though, if you look at the lines in between, like, hold up, 
thousand people applying, only sixteen people got money. So would you say there's some positive, like have you ran into some positive aspects, of course, of black venture capitalism, what, what they're doing? No. Because it's out of yes and no. Okay. So, uh, okay. Also because ten thousand percent, for example, like depending on what type of company you have, is ten thousand dollars really gonna launch you to the stratosphere when your bills monthly could be almost that much, depending on what you do, whatever. And so that's how you look at it. So, like, if you're a true, true startup, let's say, for example, I'm a product startup. And I have a product that costs me $1.19 to make, and I sell it for $10. Is that $10,000 really going to help you? Yes, it's going to allow you to allocate more product so you can increase your revenue. But if you're a tech, a tech company and you need to hire freaking 20 programmers to build your freaking platform, $10,000 is going to just, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. So it's really about your business model. But that's the thing, but, but they have you fill out this whole form about your business model, telling you that you need 1.5 million. Well, you didn't get in, but we'll give you a, a chance to win ten thousand dollars. It's like a, it's really a game show. Mm. Yeah, we were on that one, Marcus. That uh, what what did Project MQ do that one time? Uh, 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 Omega. Pitch Omega. That, I mean, I mean, listen, you couldn't take somebody with a fear of heights to a cliff, and they wouldn't feel worse than I felt. Because I already feel the way I feel about venture capital, and it's a very personal decision, but you got to be there for your brother, and Marcus got invited with Project MQ to a um, pitch competition called Pitch Omega, and uh, I it was the exact experience you're describing. So you're just bringing up so many emotions in me, because I remember being up there. I remember being up there, just feeling like tap dancing for these three dudes who, like, I don't know what they've done that, like they can't understand the innovations we were trying to bring, right? Like, I, like, like I'm almost on a game show because I'm clearly, you know, clarifying what our business can do. I'm clearly, we, we definitely, definitely had it laser sharp on when the return was expected, but it felt like with all the lights and the camera around because of the competition, um, it just felt like, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like more of a competition right. than actually like the, the content, right? Yeah. 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 The content. Yeah. It was content for them. Yeah. Did you guys win? No, no, no. And I'm upset about it. Yeah, I'm upset about it. I and it's funny. It's funny too because I mean, I mean, laugh at y'all, but I'm saying no, no. It's fair. It's fair. And, yeah. I, and, and so you're saying it was more exploitation than yeah, yeah, for sure. Because marketing. because I could see, I could see that was Han Park, and um, I forget the other guy's name, but he helped start like Honest Tea with Jessica Alba. He funded that. He funded that fund has done like a lot of those like uh, Kim Kardashian with Shoe Dazzle, um, a, a lot of those companies. So he was like one of the celebrity judges. Han Park was a celebrity judge. Obviously, he started ESL, um, and just how much it was kind of like already in the bag for Juke.gg, which great. Like I, you know, I like I have no problem with it. But just the yeah. way the process went, I could I could have told you he was gonna win it before we even went up there. So exactly yeah. how your sentiment mm-hmm. is, I feel that way because he was like. Buddy, buddy, with them up front. Juked had the most money of all four of us already, so I just was like, I was. Why need more? I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. Of course, their stuff is more advanced. Like, duh. Like, you don't even need you don't even need common sense to know that, right? It's like that's the part I I just I really felt what you were saying right there because that was like so it was just it was more of a dance. Yeah, it definitely had that more feel of it. Like, I was on a reality show with competition. It felt similar. (laughs) It felt exactly. similar. I remember that. It felt it felt like that. So yeah, that's a good point. I think that I'll heed that warning if I do get into raising, where it's kind of like you need to get that term sheet. Is what I'm hearing yep. from you. Mm-hmm. You need to get that term sheet. And you need to be able to wait out until the discussions are met where both of you are happy. Got exactly. It. I took exactly. the job. <laughs> I took the job. Otherwise, we have been dancing around. Do you feel like it's? Um... The game is to win, correct? When you're doing business and or you're trying to secure money, do we agree on that? Yes. The X is a little bit. It's both. It's both because you, you need the money so you can win the game. So then, do we look bad on black businesses that do the white face where they hire someone to run and go gather up their money and gather up their? I don't know. Their their their. Um, <laughs> So the, the word? you know what I'm talking about like there. I do, I do. So even like even within our company, even though we're a black esports network, I got we got white co-founders. 
So what it because it does, it opens, I hate to say it, because even in the black VC world and the regular VC world, it's it's just like when Obama went for president. He wouldn't have won president if he didn't have Biden backing him up. It's like we want to like we want to move forward with you black folks, but we need that safety net. And I hate yeah, to say that it's, it's it's still there. It's still there. They there's want so that. many factors. Yep. Like, like right now, our co one of our co-founders, he's he works at IBM. He's an IBM, he's in an IBM entrepreneur program for to become the next CEO. So even when they look at our pitch deck, they see that they're like, okay, well, he does that, he does this. They we have some pull, and that opens up the door too. So yes, having a little white face, it's not gonna hurt. It's gonna open up some doors. I hate to say it, but that's the reality of it. But but it's like the exact opposite when you work to you talk to another different type of VC. So you gotta pay attention to yeah, like I said, you got to weed out your VC investors too. I have this contrarian view again because it just kind of burned on the whole VC space. But I feel like, given the time that I invested, I learned a ton about the ecosystem. But I feel it's almost better to spend that time, or if I had reinvested most of that time, just building my product, right? Those hours. Exactly. And then not only the VC, or you're in a better position of leverage. Exactly. And so that comes down to your MVP. Like in the in the, in the meantime that you're trying to raise money, make sure you're still working on the product. What what a lot of entrepreneurs end up doing because it's got they get so focused on raise, they stop working about the product that they, that needs the money for. Like, what's the point of raising if you still haven't started working? On the product? So you want to make sure you always have the MVP on deck. Make sure you're always working on that main product line, so that way they still see their progression. Because at the end of the day, they're going to invest on what your progression is with that company. Like for us, it's been 3,000 users. We've got this, this, and this. It, and as we're still doing this, this, and this. They're like, okay, you're not just waiting to get money to move forward. Now, if you're doing pre-seed, yeah, that makes sense because you're like, I need money to even make it. That's different. But when you're doing seed, anything post-revenue, pre-revenue, you still have to have some type of prototype going where they can see viability from it. One of my colleagues in the, the crypto space, uh, blockchain space, says that your customers have more money than investors ever will. Right. And granted, he's invested in a, another equity crowdfunding platform, but I can't argue with his logic. It always comes down to we'd rather have a million friends or a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I, each, I, one of you, each one of those friends give you a dollar a day. That's seven million a week. <laughs> that's a lot a week. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. If no one else is going to say that. that's a lot a week. And that's where, <laughs> again, I think that, you know, our generation, the rough part is nobody wants to, you know, for lack of a better term, thug it out. You know, we got the thug geek in the house. I'm going to say what I want to say. And then people don't want to <laughs> thug it out. People don't want to thug it out no more. Like, you don't want to just, like, build a sales pipeline, right? Like, you have to really have a channel where you're being able to get a projected amount of sales in a month because you have a system that leads you up, that you build. You build it. Exactly. There's no, like, no turn the key over and now, like, oh, now I have sales. Like, you build this, and then your exactly. unique company finds a way that it, use the sales by testing different channels right maybe you advertise yep. a lot maybe you testing work- is everything yeah yeah, AB yeah. And, and 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 it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of companies want to just like well we can get to the point where we have so much money we can pay our salaries and then it'll kind of just work out you know what i mean and those stories have been i think poisonous to the culture and i think in esports and gaming it just started really really early right like we've yeah, seen right it in now. tech We've seen it in everything else, but esports is so new and it kind of started that way. I I constantly tell people, because look, I'm not, and I'm so proud of you, bro, for taking to that level where you're in those rooms, right? And it does rub me the wrong way, uh, Derek, that people got to use the white people to explain, you know, uh, or have that white face, you know, so to speak. It's like, like, why? Right? Like, that's how I feel in my heart. But, and it's even worse when you're talking to black VCs like that too. It's like, it's like it's, so that's what I was about to say. It's like, like, it hurts, it's, man. It's like, yeah. yo, what, what do, yo? It's like I, I expect what I need for this end. If I'm with you, it's like, okay, so why do I have to? Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. it's called the better Negro syndrome. That's why I call it the better <laughs> Negro syndrome. Well, I'm already up here, so why, why should I help? That's you? what I'm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really yeah. Gatekeeping. In, in in California, I won't say specifically where, but when Malcolm and I were early on into our journey, like we had already built the prototype, we had already established that game discovery is the biggest problem in the gaming industry. We had built a global community, and, and that you know we had all the pieces together. So we go to this VC, and I don't even get to speak to the managing partners. But the number two comes to me and says, "Oh well, we're not investing in gaming anymore." 
I said, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the market's exploding, but that's fine. <laughs> black, black BC. I think less than 12 months later, I see that same managing partner who I didn't get a meeting with on a panel at a major conference <laughs> talking about how hot the gaming and esports space is for investments. It's ridiculous. I see that all See, that was that VC bullshit I was telling you about. That's exactly what that is. Oh, we're not interested in that. Literally, I got several emails back from that. Oh, yeah, we're no, we're no longer investing in that space. A whole announcement a week later. We're investing heavily into that space. What, what are you talking about? They, they got what they needed off of you. Yep. And that's what they do. So, if, okay, that's the other thing real quick. So, when it comes to the VC realm, there are different people that you talk to. First, you talk to the analyst. Then you talk to the director. Then you talk to the partner. If this stays in the analyst, the analyst is just feeding information back to the director so they can purchase something else. If it doesn't go past to the director of the partner, stop. End it right there. You gotta. You, it's at, you have to stop talking to the analyst. The analyst is just feeding them more information about the company, more information about the market, and they're looking to validate another company with that information too. So be be very careful of that. So, uh, my my question is is for you and for you and Marcus both who have both been in the space, right? Because now you got my brain turning. Um, because according to you guys, you know, you can raise from angels, you can raise from audience, like one one dollar a day from from how many people? Is seven million a week? I can yep. figure that out, right? <laughs> and that's that's the sales part. Like I look at something like from a from a strictly, I say street level, but you know, um, not in the streets no more. So I want to say from a layman's level, like mm-hmm. like from a layman's level, really what I what I see is things like. I always bring them up, Echo Fox. And Marcus, you know, I had always been before they went out. I had always just been like, you know, and, and Tim, you know, we're in the community. So, you know, Justin Wong and um, Sonic yep. Fox, and you knew they had big followings, but you know, nobody was walking around FGC events or on the streets wearing their jerseys. And so yeah. you figure these companies are making money off merch, right? You're figuring these companies are making money off mm-hmm. of licensing deals. And just like any other team, right? Like somehow esports teams can't magically function different. Like media is media, merch is merch, right? It doesn't really matter. So when I'm not seeing any of these jerseys, I'm thinking like, how could these companies be getting valued where the New York Yankees are investing in them at, you know, 130 million, you know, like 104. I'm like, mm-hmm. how, show me one. You talk about MVP. Show me one product that they're making that shows you that you're going to get $130 million back, right? And so I want to ask you guys, what is the lesson, the best lesson you guys have learned so you avoid being Echo Fox, uh, you know, Tim and uh, Marcus? I'm definitely, like, interested because I know you guys have been in the dance. You've been in the doctor's interviews. You've flown out to different states. Like, what is it that keeps you from going, you know, from sky high? I mean, in two years, Echo Fox went from everyday TV, right, to being the lead of the whole face of our whole industry, right? It's like Twitch, then there's Echo Fox, like big brand to gone. Gone. Yep. Can't sell it. Not only gone. Can't sell it. Cannot sell it. People, I don't want that shit. <laughs> I don't want. Hell no. Then, then, the, then the creator got pushed out. Right. Then the creator got pushed out. So how, 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 what are you guys doing and what advice could you give people and your experiences of, you know, your years in the companies and dealing with these different VCs? What is it that you would say is the number one thing people should look out for in their journey? See, with the Echo Fox situation, that comes down to a whole type of the esports bubble, which I was talking about on the previous thing for the black, for example, like the black esports bubble. Black esports bubble can have that same effect with having Echo Fox because of that, where they start getting all these, all these sponsors that are coming on board, money, 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 money. And then all of a sudden they're not seeing the ROI because the market validation is not there. And that's what happened with Echo Fox. They got money, 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 money with no validation. You gotta have part. You gotta have product validation. If you don't have product validation, you're not gonna you're gonna disappear because they're gonna buy. Hold up, we just spent gave me twenty million over a whole year, and we didn't get a single return back. We get an access code. We didn't get a sign up. We didn't get nothing from that. So they was just getting so much money, but nothing was. There wasn't no turnover. Exactly, and that's that's what happened with the, uh, for example, with ESPN and their whole esports division. Mm-hmm, they they mm-hmm, shut down yeah. the esports division because mm-hmm, nobody mm-hmm. was using it. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand, they didn't understand the whole product from the front. No, the current customer at ESPN is not a gamer, right. and if they are a gamer, they're a frat boy gamer that's playing two K or Madden. 
disrespect. But I'm just saying that they didn't look at their product. They were like, oh, we're a sports company. We got to cover esports. And then they closed the whole division. So you just like, shut it completely down. 200 wow. people laid off. Saw because it coming. It, saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody saw the validation from it. They're like, oh, we, they thought that their people, they thought that the younger, their younger viewers from their parents who watch ESPN was going to transfer over to gaming. And it didn't happen. No. Because they didn't have, they they're already on a different platform. Exactly. Like, and, that's, and that's what people forget about game, gamers. We, we've already on other platforms for that information. We're not going to ESPN or CNBC.com to get the latest news on gaming and virtual reality. We're not doing that. And so they just didn't realize the market. And that's what causes those issues like that, like the Echo Fox situation. Yeah, I have to echo that, you know, the, the having the kind of the, the prototype and, and stepping it up approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm actively advising companies to go the equity crowdfunding route. And again, nothing against what you've done, yeah. Tim. Congratulations to all that. But like, I know a guy right now here in Tampa Bay who has a LinkedIn for Gamers platform that is ready to go live. And all he needs to do is cut a $60,000 check and it'll be live next week. Right. Mm-hmm. Four or five years now, he's been building this and he can't. So I've been actively like pushing him towards go to the equity crowdfunding route because all you're doing is just losing more time and creating a larger gap between yep. you and the rest of the market. It's well, that's one thing too. So I'm surprised he's has, has does he have any beta testers that have been testing the product at all? Or yeah, it's it's done, but he can't launch it to until he cuts a check to the developers. So it's done, but oh. they're back. There's another great company who won the, the pitch competition for our Beyond Med event four weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, you know, he he's trying to get this major investor to come in when he already mm-hmm. has a software piece done. He just needs to get a check cut for the hardware piece. But he's basically moving around and, and I'm not trying to disrespect what he's doing there, but yeah. I, I asked him to stop trying to chase investors because he's losing time. Like well, that, see, that, and that comes down to actually look, see, for example, that's something that's that's a good angel investor. Like, I'm surprised you have a problem with that because an angel, if you already have a product that's ready, an angel will jump on that with a snap. Because, I mean, because the because the amount. Anything bigger where than do you Where do you find, like, so where would someone even seek for angel investors? Is it, of course, of course, there's so many different, like, conglomerates, but, like, where would they look? Like, for somebody just hearing that, just like how Sebastian say on labor terms, an angel investor. Like, where would I go? Because, of course, we see these venture venture capitalist companies. Where would you go for an angel investor? So for angels, you have, there's uh, two different there's two different sites you can go to. One is NS, uh, it's called angellist.com or angel.co. And that's a perfect list of angels that, that are catered towards you. So, for example, if he's doing software, you want to talk to a software angel who has an information mm. in angel. From that, you're not going to talk to a gaming angel about software, especially if it's an SASS or anything like that. And so this helps you with that. Literally, you have your portfolio, and they come to you. They're like, yo, he's got this, you got this, and you're raising that. Boom, let's connect. That you raise money off AngelList? Yep, you can, you can raise money off AngelList. But what we needed, though, we went, I needed, we needed BC. We needed BC right from the job. Okay. So that's why I went to BC route. But yeah, it just all depends on what you're raising. Mark, I can tell I can tell Angel List left a not angel taste in your mouth. Why don't you tell me sure. about that? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to give it space, right? I know the ecosystem's a ton of money on all these platforms at different levels. It's just it, I ran into the same issue over and over and over again. Digital, in person, here in Florida, around the country. The only thing that worked for me was equity crowdfunding. Mm. Man. Yeah, and is that is that is that is how much of that is based on the product? Like, how much of that is based on the product, right? Like, do VCs specifically? I'm just curious. So, do, do they like okay. certain products, and and crowdfunding is better for certain products? Is is it is it is it is it is it, is it, is it a you thing? Is it what is the deal? Like, how, how do you? That was ahead of the curve, right? Uh, too early to the market, right? Because I, I told you, and, and Sebastian, you know, I've been talking about you know blockchain, crypto, and NFTs right. for, for years, a long time, years, right? Yeah, yeah, for Four, sure. Five, six, seven years, four years, just with you, right? And when I, I got into the space, it wasn't popular, right? Right. Wow. So when I would explain blockchain and crypto, people's investors' eyes would glaze over. Or when I talked about indie games, the eyes would glaze over. And now yep. it's a different day. So maybe that was the problem, right? I, I can own that. I might have just been too innovative too early into the space. No, no, that's not that's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. It's just literally the people that you got to meet. Because one thing I will honestly say, and I'll be 100% real with you, 
the people that got all the money are dumb as hell. I hate to say it like that, but they are dumb as hell. They look mm-hmm. good on paper. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually talking to me, you cannot let them feel like the dumbest person in the room. You have to blame in that shit down. <laughs> I make sure with every VC talk, I make sure I explained it like I was trying to explain a kid how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You explain it stupid mm-hmm. as hell, but then you make sure you provide high risk and high reward on it too. So they can see what the money's going into and how they're making the money back. Yeah. And, we, and that's why earlier I was saying there's two things you got to focus on story and metrics. You use those two for when you're doing your funding, it makes it easier and it makes your funding a lot, lot, lot faster. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be going back and forth. Think about what's that? What's an NFT? Uh, non fucking token. Oh, well, what's, what does that do? You're gonna, it's going to become a question to the question to the question. When you just ask me $60,000, man, like, why are you drilling me like this? <laughs> but that's where you have to break it down. What cryptocurrency is, blah, 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 blah. It does this and this. And we're going to use it this way. Oh, okay. But if you explain cryptocurrency and you're not explaining how it works with your product, then you buy a loss. So how do you make money? That's the end of the day. How do you make money? Yeah. Right. Well, how do you make money? Well, we make money doing this. But how does that make money when, when it's only worth this? And, no, and that's what I was talking about earlier about the doctor interviews that you get drilled with those questions. Because what VCs and angels look for is like, how am I making my money back? You have to supply those answers with what your product and service is doing. Well, I mean, that that to me is you've kind of changed a little bit of my mind on VC capital because now at least I see someone who's working and putting the footwork in. I mean, outside of Marcus, I probably have a bad taste because that's like my brother. So I hear his stories. Plus, I just in general feel like. Oh, don't get me wrong, Sebastian. I got some horror stories. man. I got some horror. I, mean, <laughs> I got some horror. I got some scary. I mean, oof. even 1.5 later, you still got some scary stories. Oh man, when I say like, and, and I hate to say it, they're mostly from black VCs. At least I know what I got into with regular VCs. I know, I knew. Hey man, you you a smart Negro? It freaks us out. Have a good day. Cool. But when you're talking to black VCs and you give them a whole pitch, they're like, "Well, guess what? You should do. You should join our pitching pool that we do on Twitch." <laughs> Trying to get 1.5 million. It's like a, a hustle with another hustle. Exactly. Like, I'm just trying to. And then they put you on a wait list to do that. And then, like, okay, then one time there's another company that was doing the pitch <laughs> Like, yeah, go and sign up for that. And I signed up for it and got in. I'm like, so I got in with y'all to do the pitch. But then I, you had made me go up to the list to sign up to do this. I signed up for it and it never happened. Yeah. Sorry. Nah, nah that's, that's, that's wrong. But think about but think about the time because the time the time that's what I'm thinking exactly. it's the time I know time how is important our greatest the time commodity, is. man that's our sure. greatest commodity like that time is more than any type of amount of money you get it's your time hundred percent so think about that whole process I just went through that was a that was a two week thing right. like I set up got everything set up for the meeting did the meeting and got a rebuttal rebuttal to do this this and this even did the rebuttal and still got nowhere and yeah. you just wasted two weeks of your time too much time too much time too much time so. So what's the last piece of advice you would give anybody who's starting their business, looking to raise money, you know, just what you want them to take away right now? What is it? One thing, the two things you got to focus on if you're going to become an entrepreneur and you need to raise money for your company is story and metrics. You want to make sure that your brand is telling a great story on how you're going to take everything to the next level, including that's making a high risk, high reward with your metrics number. If you're willing to that, and then you got to—that's just a little bit—and you got to bust ass even more to even talk and make sure that you have even growth and make sure your company's still going too. If you're willing to do those things, you're in the right position to succeed. Because it's going to take five billion no's to get the four yeses that you need to succeed. If you're willing to that, you're ready for it. That's a gem. Sounds like a gem to me. Any questions from you guys? I feel like I got schooled two times tonight, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Two times tonight. And I'll leave you with this quote, and I love saying it because it's fantastic. The hero has to win every day. The villain only has to win once. Mm. Are we villains? So, how long <laughs> has it been working with Amazon? Woo! Okay, so Amazon, so, <laughs> <laughs> not only being a trillion-dollar company, Amazon has been fantastic because Amazon was one of the first companies that asked us, what do you need? I'm like, we need, we need bread. Okay, what else you need? We need customers. We need resources. We need to do. We need to be able to do this and this. We need marketing. Okay, bet. So Amazon's like, yo. So we have AWS that does this and this. We got Prime Gaming that does this and this. We have Twitch that does this and this. I'm like, oh, we well, yeah, we'll give you that because we want to be a part of this industry. We want to be. We want Amazon literally came to us like, yo, what do you need to help? Let's help. 
and let's make it make sense. And that's exactly what happened with it. And it's been fantastic. That's been your Amazon experience. Yes. So if you're looking for help, if you're looking to get part of Amazon, Amazon is going to help back. I mean, like next week I have another meeting with them. They have, they're doing the dinner sit down too, the backup sit down, the other stuff that we're working on. But man, I'm talking about they got the department heads, this, that, and that, each person, each level, and they want to be a part of it. They want to they help black tech because there's more black people using their AWS server. So that's what they want. <laughs> mm, mm. So there is a benefit for them doing it, but the, you've seen up exactly. close and personal, and you've gone through the 2,000 no's for the four yeses to raise this 1.5, and you've got plenty of experience we just heard over the hour, but you're saying with that stamp, that BESN stamp on it, that Amazon is a great place to get resources and capital for a startup and a minority yes. startup? Yes. Fantastic. Oh. You better see him do even more, man. You better see him do even more. Like Amazon is like, yo, we got bread. Let's spend a little bit. And they, they ain't trying to spend a little bit either. They try to spend. What do you, what do you need? That's the <laughs> best thing that you want. Any, any company to come aboard, what do you need? We got it. That money's nothing to us. We want to help. But at the same time, we don't want to have this black bubble where it's just like people getting money and then they're not seeing the ROI of it. And that's going to ruin it for everybody. That's right. what we don't want. And that's a lot of companies doing that. Well, we need 200,000. But what are you doing at 200,000? We just need it. If you don't tell them, you're going to bring our black people out here to make sure that you, we fight. Like, you, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's let them breathe a little. Let's breathe a little and then spread the wealth. Yeah. It's, and th- think about it. Game industry loans, $60 billion industry, man. We, if, uh, if all of us got 1% of $60 billion, I think we'll be pretty good. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Tamika, anything from you, Derek? Anything? We good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm loaded. Um, I wanted to ask, like, uh, especially on um, as far as like media and, and marketing, because uh, of course people have this idea, but it's like, how do you get the word out correctly and successfully? Uh, in order to, of course, you're raising capital, trying to get money, but then you gotta utilize the other side too to put eyes on what you're trying to sell what was some things that uh you learned even from back from like the thug geek era all the way (laughs) from now that helped you make sure that eyes was being put on your company so one thing of the benefit of being so early in the industry i mean back in the younger days with thug geek is that the people i met real quick they're now executives now they're not running certain companies now. So it's like having those relationships kind of helped build everything else out too. When I found out one of my homies is working at another company that I'm, I'm talking to for a sponsorship, he was like, yo, son, I got you. Hey, I, I'm not. They already know what I did. So it's like, you have to look at that too. Networking is the key to everything. Like you're always one handshake away from some, the answer that you need that's going to help your company go to the next level. And you have to always look at that too. Mm. And even from a media perspective and a marketing perspective, a lot of comp- a lot of startups Forget that. They get so busy worried about one hand, they forgot about the other hand. And you can't do exactly. that when it comes to running your own company. Mm. Yeah, networking is a lot. Like, what do you think about Clubhouse with, with networking? It's just LinkedIn with voice with voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a soapbox like LinkedIn, but then people actually talk. Except LinkedIn because is on I'm, iPhone and Android. Yep. Because yeah. I actually, I, I went to a couple of the matter of fact, it was watch that LinkedIn is about to do something. <laughs> well, what? no, Twitter already did it already. Twitter already has a function already similar to Clubhouse already. Really? Really? Yep. We yep. know Red and they're her going. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they rolled out for us. <laughs> if your Twitter verified, they rolled out that feature for a couple of some people. Oh, let me yeah. see right now. Yep. I'm verified. Let me well, you just <laughs> opened that up. <laughs> it's literally, I'm like, dude, and I saw Twitter do it. My Twitter's already doing with Clubhouse. I'm like, what that happens? That's what happens, right? There's competition. Yeah. As you said, that's the marketplace. That's the marketplace. Yeah. Hey, that's what happened to PUBG and Fortnite. Well, that's another conversation another day. But we know what happened there. That's right. That's right. We know what happened there. Because we all know Fortnite was not supposed to be where it is right now. Oh, it sure wasn't. It sure it sure wasn't. It sure was. You said, you know, PUBG has spoke to Epic and was like, hey, we're doing all this stuff and we need your program to do this. And then Oh, oh, we no. got all that source material now. Let's uh, go and make. And it was like, how fast? How fast can you turn these guys around? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's crazy. I'm like, oh, wow. 
now everything's battle royale, and everything doesn't need to be battle royale. Dog. It's that it's that saturation, that saturation in the market, right? It just it saturated teams, it saturated uh, talent, it saturated. Yeah. You know, you got gamers who were top of the world two years ago, doing everything in media, everything they can, and then look at now. I mean, look at now, it's, right? right? It's like looking right. now, not even it's desired right. a little bit, not desired by the companies, right. not desired by the consumers. And it's like the old, you know, Britney Spears feeder to the public so much, right? That old <laughs> thing, we saw it happen so fast with some of those those guys. Woo. So, so you know, that's what we're trying to help build against guys and, mm. and help give opportunities to everybody and really build something special. So um, thanks again, Tim, for coming on, man. Like, we really appreciate you. Um, you really gave out some gems that are timeless and more valuable, and we'd love to have you back on the show. Um, it's rad, guys. Uh, I appreciate uh, time and everything. Thank you for helping our like, audience. I'd like to see us life. advance, man. It's all about black folks advance. Let's do that. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming through. YouTube, Twitch, <laughs> yes. Facebook, LinkedIn. That's our new spot. Marcus. Thanks to Marcus. Okay. We got LinkedIn. Y'all put this together. We got LinkedIn together. And, uh, of course, uh, you guys can find us um, on all those platforms. Uh, and tomorrow our man Rich should have us on uh, all the places you get your podcasts. So uh, continue being great. Keep pushing your business. Um, you know, and uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, esports, education, and entertainment, you have to come to eat for life. 